Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. It's humid, sweaty, and sticky. Summer can be really uncomfortable. But we're actually talking about your mattress. Don't worry, though. Nectar's Nectar Tech cooling technology helps you sleep cool on hot summer nights. Plus, every mattress includes a one-year trial, forever warranty, and free shipping. With $200 off, prices start at only $399. And get $499 of premium accessories, including pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector this summer. So chill out and visit Nectarsleep.com. Welcome. Here we go. It's that time again. Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious, hot downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. It's hot. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. Streaming at WMNHradio.org. And on the Facebook, on the Matt Connerton Unleashed Facebook page. Of course, you can also go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options and social media links and contact info and show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, hello to our friends at Raw Talk Online and Tomorrow Radio. And uh, today is Thursday, August 12th. <laughs> In 2021, welcome everybody. I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot in the Brady Sullivan at 1000 Elm Street, right across the street. They have delicious gourmet pretzels. They have craft beer. Oh, everything is so good there. And it is Thursday, which means tonight is trivia night at the Hopknot, hosted by the great Bill Cini, who, by the way, also an observation about Bill Cini. Now, uh, Bill Cini, I noticed. You know, because he also does the uh, trivia on the morning show on uh, on Wednesdays. I, I was listening to Wednesday's morning show, and I noticed he actually reminds me of, um, and I can't remember the guy's name, the gentleman who hosts Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR. Uh, Bill Cini has a very similar voice to that guy. Anyway, I just, I happened to notice that this week, and I, I was like, how did I not notice this before? But tonight is trivia night at the Hop Knot, and we have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Ridley again. Ridley again, Dave Ridley. How are you? I've been be- I've been better and I've been worse. All right. So kind of uh, in the middle. Yeah, but no one cares. <laughs> well, I, I care, Dave Ridley. I care. Okay. I'm glad you care. You can count well, on that. You can count on me to care. I mean, I'm not saying how much I care. I might care a lot. I might only care a little, but I care. What's on your mind, Dave Ridley? I have news. Uh, New Hampshire lockdown news. 
New Hampshire lockdown news. All right. Is there a new lockdown I don't know about? So it's an update on what I told you yesterday. You know, where they, they, they locked down the playground last year and they arrested a lady for bringing her kids there? Yes. Yes. Okay, so she went to trial Yes, she went to trial yesterday, and I have the, the verdict, the results, and other details. She was found uh, not guilty of criminal mischief and or disorderly conduct. That's what I figured would happen. Yeah, I figured uh, I figured that would uh, that's that's what the result would be. Okay. Yeah, the judge said she behaved quote unquote reasonably and complied with police orders. There was apparently some confusion as to whether she had even whether she had she may have even left immediately after receiving the order. Right, she was there for a while after the police were there, but there was there was confusion as to whether the police had ordered her to leave and then she was still there five you know three minutes later or something like that. It was it was more like, well, she may have actually left right when they told her to. So really, uh, <laughs> that was that was part of it. That's what the judge seemed to conclude. Oh. And uh, there were 25 supporters, according to the Concord Monitor article, uh, and uh, four of them apparently were state reps who were there to oppose the arrest. Only in New Hampshire, right? That is true. Well, yes, our uh, state reps in New Hampshire uh, don't necessarily have other things to do. Many of them are retired or independently wealthy or whatever, so they don't have day jobs. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I assumed would happen. And were, were you there? Were you in attendance? No, I'm going with the free keen article and the Concord monitor article. Those are my only two sources on this. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do the two accounts match up? Yes. Okay. So most yes, likely to the, to the Concord monitors credit, of course, the, you know, free keen, they, they'd always drip with hyperbole and everything, but they're good at getting <laughs> their facts. Straight. Yeah. Uh, Concord Monitor rarely has hyperbole, and actually, I, I would I tend to find them usually pretty accurate too. So sure, um, that's good. But the um, uh, there were uh, the people. The, a lot of a lot of these people had these shirts, you know, that they had bought that said "Play Free or Die." They were made specifically for the trial, and I thought that might cause a conflict with the judge, right? I thought they might force everybody to take the shirts off or something like that. That's what they do at polling places, right? So. Um, but apparently that wasn't an issue. So uh, Judge Kelly was his name. I, I, I I'm not sure. His I've never name. I've never heard of that being an issue in court, though. A, a judge having a problem with with uh, supporters of a of a defendant showing up wearing shirts in support of the defendant. Have you have you seen that happen? I, I don't know if I've actually seen that happen. I've seen them try order people to take their hats off and order them to stand up. And of course, I've seen the shirt issue at polling places where they'll interfere with your shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, polling places are usually freer and op- more open than court. So I was just running that calculation and thinking, hmm, this could be an issue. I can tell you, I don't know if you know this, Dave, that when Hulk Hogan was locked in his bitter lawsuit with Gawker, gawker.com, uh, his uh, Hogan's attorney had to get a uh, had to get special permission from the judge for Hogan to be allowed to wear his trademark bandana during the sh- during the uh, the trial. Oh God! All the humanity. He's wearing a bandana. Bandana. And uh, and in fact, I mean, it was you know it was a black bandana to match his suit. It wasn't like a a, a bandana that said Hulkamania on it. But he really wanted to wear a bandana, uh, and uh, the uh, judge approved it. So it may be. Uh, the only instance in the history of uh, America jurisprudence that a uh, uh, that a uh, an individual in a uh, trial in a uh, you know a lawsuit 
actually uh, wore a bandana and was allowed to uh, during uh, all of his testimony. There was a liberty activist who used to wear a cape to court. He was trying to be a superhero. Really? <laughs> so the, uh, the, the, the court said, okay, you can keep wearing the cape, but you got to keep wearing it in your normal life. <laughs> oh, really? Like you're, if, you're wearing it every, if you're wearing it all the time, then you're allowed to wear it in here. So he started wearing it all the time. Well, there you go. Okay. Like a, like a, like a Mandalorian. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, it's good to know. All right, cool. Anything else on your mind, Dave Ridley? She is, uh, Rochelle Kelly is her name, and she is, oh, the, uh, uh, defendant? she was arrested again, uh, for, uh, trying to object to, well, I guess it was for approaching police while they were searching her vehicle. She said they didn't have a warrant and they needed one. What? Uh, and she walked toward them. Wait, wait, wait. I Hold think on. she also... Wait, hold on, hold on, Dave. I want to make sure I'm understanding this. This is the same individual who had the trial yesterday about the playground? Correct. So she was arrested separately for a completely separate incident? Yeah, about two weeks ago. Oh. She faces trial on that on August 26th. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, I've seen the video on that one, cover to cover, uh, and you know, she's rude to the police. Uh, she's yelling. She's screaming. Uh, you know, it's not the kind of scream that, that makes you sympathetic. It's more like screaming at them. <laughs> However, oh. I don't know if she broke the law uh, because she did not touch any of the police, and she did not, uh, you know, she did not fail to comply in a timely manner with police with police orders, as best I can tell. So I, this may be another another acquittal. But I don't understand. They were what? They were searching her car, and she approached them. Yeah, they pulled her over for an alleged registration issue. Oh, they pulled her and, over. Okay. Yeah, so there were about four police cars in the background of the video. Uh, in the video that I saw, they're going to try to tow her vehicle, and they said they were doing an inventory, which they say does not require them to get a warrant. She demanded that they have a warrant to open her door, and she tried to close her door after they opened it. And I think that was the that was a physical act. That was the only physical act that I'm aware of that I could see in the video. Oh. I, in fact, I don't remember seeing that in the video. I think she just said that she did that. I don't remember her. I don't remember seeing her actually close the door in the video. Oh. Okay. Wow. Well, she just this Rochelle. I'll tell you, she just can't stay out of trouble. Well, she's sort of our. Uh, I can't remember the name of that gal before Rosa Parks who was doing the similar stuff to Rosa Parks, but she was kind of feisty and yelling at the police a lot. And the, the, and the NAACP said, uh, "We don't want to use her." <laughs> Let's get someone who's super respectable, you know, and has a nice day job and everything, and have her get arrested. That'll be the winning. So they pick Rosa Parks. But Rochelle Kelly is like that gal who came before Rosa Parks. Huh. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, perhaps uh, perhaps a uh, more uh, acceptable hero will emerge. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I should, I should correct myself. By the way, I'm not sure it was the NAACP that said that. It yeah. was one of the civil rights organizations. The one that the one that initially backed Rosa Parks. It may not have been the the NAACP. It may have been someone else. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Very good. All right, Dave. Uh, give the the Ridley Report or whatever you'd like uh, a plug before you go, please. Oh, RidleyReport.com. I am with interview politicians. All right, Dave. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks, Matt. You got it. Take care. Bye bye. All right, Dave Ridley leaves us. That opens up a line for you, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. Yeah, I figured that, uh, I figured that, that case would uh, get dismissed. Um, 
let's see. Well, let's um, say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. And then we have uh, some specific things I want to get into today. Uh, oh, actually, before we go any further, too, uh, quick programming note. Uh, tonight, immediately following this program, I will be making my monthly appearance on The Dr. Kevin Show, which streams online from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, at omtimes.com slash IOM on the Ohm Times Radio Network. That's Ohm, O-M as in Ohm. Omtimes.com slash IOM. I will be on uh, tonight from 6 to 7 p.m. And Dr. Kevin and I will be talking about what else? Uh, politics. So for those of you who get to the end of this two hours and you go, oh, my God, I need more Matt Connerton. There is another hour for you available in another venue live tonight at 6 p.m. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, it's uh, Easy G. Easy G, Eric Agnan. How are you, my friend? What's going on? Oh, uh, this Try to stay cool. Stay cool. Yeah, I got to get a, uh, a match. That maybe uh, AEW can pick it up because uh, Ric Flair is no longer with WWE. But I hear on the World Wide Web that he wants to have one more match. So I, I suspect that he could fight uh, Hogan, and they could both be in a wheelchair. They call it the, the uh, handicap match, and the, the loser has to go to a nursing home for life. What do you think of that? <laughs> for life. Now, you're not a fan uh, Easy G, as we know, when the older gentlemen come back, but I. But player seventy two years old. Come on, he's too old to be in the ring. That's, he could, uh, he could. That could be his last uh, time in the ring. He's too old. Nobody's gonna allow. No league's gonna allow him to be in a match anymore, right, Matt? I agree. I think the reason that there there may be rumors is uh, there's there's two things that have happened. One is he was released from his contract by his uh, request from WWE, which does right. free him up to appear wherever he wants uh, if another organization wants to utilize him. But the other thing that he did, but I think he was kidding. I think it was purely tongue-in-cheek, Eric. He posted a picture. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hogan is almost, he, he's pretty close to 70 he, himself. Yeah. He, he, he wants one more match, but nobody's going to no, allow him to be in the ring no, anymore. No, certainly not. No, for uh, Ric Flair posted a picture of himself after a workout flexing his bicep. And uh, and 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 he captured. Well, yeah, he can flush whatever he wants. He, but no, nobody's gonna allow him to be in the ring. He almost died a couple of years ago from he, he, right. drinking too much alcohol. He captioned the picture, "I will never retire." But I think he means he'll never retire from the gym. And hey, I mean, he looks great. I mean, you know, he's seventy-two, and uh, he's he he has bigger biceps than perhaps even you, EZG, and you use anabolic steroids, as we right. all know. So uh, Hogan's been doing the workout the last year or so, but yeah. Hogan and Flair, I mean, come on, they're too, they're too old. Hogan has had literally too old for, to be in the, the ring. They yeah. don't have they don't have senior wrestling, as far as I know. Hogan has had all these back surgeries. Oh yeah, nobody's gonna allow him to be no. in the ring anymore. Come on. No, 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 not gonna and, happen. And, and right now, nobody wants to see Hogan in, in WWE right now, anyway, because he's kind of uh, a yeah, villain now. They, they don't want to see him. He was there at WrestleMania being the host, and they all they do is boo him. Yeah, I'm just glad that uh, I'm just glad that Ric Flair is alive because we almost lost. Yeah, him there a you go. But ago. I guess NXT is the next thing to go bye bye. Ooh, no, they, they like fired like twelve wrestlers, and now the rumor is that NXT is no more. No, 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 no. They're not going to get rid of NXT. They have the uh, TV deal with. Uh, they're on USA Network. They're not going anywhere. They are revamping right, well, it. This is a rumor on the uh, World Wide Web. You know, what they say about. Can't believe everything you read on the World Wide Web. I have heard that, uh, EZG. It's probably better not yeah. to believe everything that you read. Yes, unless that, you're. That's uh, my uh, that's my wrestling gossip for the day. So I'll uh, well let you go. Bye bye. All right, EZG. We'll see you Monday.
EZG, Eric Agnon, will be calling in on Monday with his entertainment report. At that point, he'll have his brand new tablet. So we look forward to that. Um, uh, I should point out, though, uh, Derek St. Hubbins, uh, at the end of Spinal Tap, uh, does say that he actually believes everything that he reads, and he feels that that makes him much more selective. As a sp- Spinal Tap is my favorite movie of all time. Anyway, so I'll, I'll use any excuse to uh, throw in a Spinal Tap reference. But uh, EZG leaves us. That opens up a line for you, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. Uh, but uh, no, Ric Flair uh, will not be getting back into the ring. Uh, that Of that, I am certain. But uh, let's say hello to everybody in the chat room. Uh, Mike Palapita, who is a top fan, joins us. Says, uh, good afternoon, Matt. Hello, everyone. Mike, of course, from one of our wonderful sponsors here at WMNH, Queen City Cabinetry in the historic Sunbeam Mall. Uh, you can uh, bring your kitchen to life with Queen City Cabinetry, as Peter White says. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jenny is in the chat room, of course. Jenny says, shalom. Texas Mike is in the chat and says, good afternoon. Uh EZG, Eric Gagnon, is a top fan. Of course, he just called. He also is in the chat room. Wayne Noel, a top fan all the way from Michigan, says afternoon all. Uh, let's see. Stacy Lawton is in the chat room. You know, I was saying uh, when Dave Ridley was on the line, I care about uh, Dave Ridley, how he's doing. Uh, Stacy says, I care about Mr. Dave Ridley. And I care about Matt Connerton also. Thank you, Stacy. That is wonderful. Uh, let's see. Shannon McGuire is in the chat room, says good afternoon. Scott Robinson says good afternoon, Connor tonight's. I like that, Connor tonight's. Rocky Huber is in the chat room and says a great happy unbirthday to my good friend Eric Gagnon, said in Easy G's voice. I don't really, uh, can I do an impression? Can I pull that off? I'm terrible at impressions. Let's see. Uh, happy unbirthday to my good, see, I can't even do it. Gonzo does a very good EZG impression. The only impression I really do is I do an impression of Gonzo's impression of John Hopwood. That's the only impression I can really pull off. Um, Scott Robinson says, I love the complimentary wrestling reports during the week along with the entertainment reports. Don't we all, Scott? Don't we all? Rocky Uber says, do you think the judge let EZG wear a bandana when he went to court for his restraining order? Oh, that's a, a great uh, question, uh, Rocky. Uh, Eric, if you wouldn't mind, uh, give us a call back so we can uh, get to the bottom of that. Uh, I'd also like to know the details of the restraining order, if you wouldn't mind. Scott says we need the Hulkster. Uh, let him rest. Let the Hulkster rest. Tom Blanchard joins us in the chat room and says, uh, hey, you might, be, you might have something there, senior wrestling. Uh, Miriam Banish is a top fan and says, good afternoon. Hello, Miriam. Joel the Moose Elber is in the chat room. Uh, The Moose uh, was on the morning show this week on Monday morning and uh, always fun to hear the Moose back in the house. So very, very cool. Well, let me give the numbers again, and then I uh, I want to get into... Uh, oh, Eric Street joins us in the chat. Eric says, I know someone who has a birthday tomorrow. Today would be a pre-birthday. Ah, uh, yes, yes, the pre-birthday. Uh, give us a call if you'd like, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. You can also text us at 617-917-4476. I'm laughing at something I just saw online. Oh, my. Not in the chat room. Something else. Oh, my God. 
Uh, we'll definitely have to tackle that today. Um, hey, let's get this out of the way because this is something not fun to talk about, but it's um, it's an evolving story, and I think we have to talk about it. I feel compelled to talk about it, um, but it's depressing. So you don't want to talk about anything depressing, you know, feel free to come back in a bit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Stay with me. But um, Afghanistan, uh, things are continuing to unfold. Things are continuing to evolve uh, as things continue to devolve on the ground in Afghanistan. Um, you know, we'll we'll get into some of the details, but look, um, I, f- I have a feeling about this. Very similar to the feeling, an unpleasant feeling that I had during the uh, Trump administration when um, when we were uh, when Trump announced our withdrawal from Syria. Um, I have had and continue to have a similar feeling about uh, our current president Joe Biden and our withdrawal from Af- Afghanistan. And my gut level feeling is, has been, and continues to be this. In both cases, great idea. I agree. I agreed with Trump that we should get out of Syria. I agree with Biden we should get out of Afghanistan. And we, to a large extent, have been doing that, getting out. But as I have said, as I said when Trump announced our withdrawal from Syria, and I did say again, when I already saw this track going off the rails with our withdrawal from Afghanistan, I said this. It's a good idea getting out. It's a great idea. Great idea. In both cases, I would argue we never should have been there to begin with. But there's a through line here. Um, you can have a good idea. You can have a great idea. You can have the best idea in the history of the world. The best idea anyone's ever thought of. But if you take your great idea and proceed to execute your great idea in the dumbest, clumsiest, most ham-fisted way possible, uh, then uh, what good is your great idea? You know, what good is a great idea if you're not going to follow through on it correctly and you're going to take your great idea and screw it up? So to me, there's... uh, That is the through line here. You know, when Trump announced our withdrawal from Syria, uh, it was then very rushed. And basically, without coming right out and saying it, he said to Putin, you know, and the Russians, there's a power vacuum here we're going to be leaving if you'd like to hurry up and fill it, and said to Erdogan of Turkey, hey, there's a power vacuum here if you'd like to come in and fill it. And uh, we're just going to leave. We're going to bring the troops home, except, wink, wink, we're not actually bringing them home. We're going to redeploy them so the uh, to help the Saudis continue their genocide in Yemen, etc. So, great idea, getting out of Syria. Love it. I never liked us being there to begin with. My biggest problem with it was... You know, aside from I don't like us getting into these foreign entanglements and our interventionist, adventurist or misadventurist foreign policy uh, that we uh, 
seem to just continue with administration after administration. Although at least Trump, one of the few things I, one of the few nice things I'll say about him, at least we didn't invade anybody, anybody knew. Um, but, uh, you know, it seemed, it seemed uh, very hurried and it seemed like we were trading one problem for another. Um, but I never liked being in Syria. My biggest problem with it was that I did not like the possibility because the Russians were there. I didn't like the possibility that we might find ourselves in a position where uh, we could end up shooting at Russians and Russians shooting at us or any of our NATO allies. Um, I remember during the uh, during 2016, uh, something that um, during that election cycle, something that Hillary Clinton and many of the Republicans, most of the Republicans that were running for the Republican nomination, something that they all had in common was they thought it would be a great idea to put up a no-fly zone over Syria. And uh, Rand Paul, to his credit, and this is one of the few nice things you'll ever hear me say about Rand Paul, Rand Paul was one of the few Republicans on that debate stage who said, that's a terrible idea. You people are going to get us all killed. If you put up a no-fly zone and then the Russians violate the no-fly zone, what do we do? Do we shoot down a Russian plane? Kind of have to at that point, right? And then what happens? <laughs> what happens when we shoot down a Russian plane? Things escalate. Things ex escalate to a logical conclusion that nobody wants to see because it'll end up with all of us dead. And Rand Paul was correct. So I always thought that was a horrible idea. I didn't like, we should not be anywhere close to the Russians ever because of that possibility, right? I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about that all the time anyway. You know, I see on the news a story about we had to escort a Russian plane out of space. You know, they got a little too close to our airspace. And, you know, uh, I don't like any of that. I don't like to see any of that going on. So anyway, <clears throat> so I was a big fan of getting out of Syria. But the Trump administration then proceeded to do it, as I said, in the clumsiest, dumbest, most ham-fisted way possible. So again, great idea. Horrendous execution. And when Biden announced our withdrawal from Afghanistan, I said, great idea. And these are competent people. And the adults are back in charge, and I'm sure that this will be handled deftly and competently, and, uh, and, and this is great. I'm glad we're finally doing this. Well, guess what? Um, this whole thing is a mess, and, and I got a clue very early on that it was going to be a mess when I noticed, oh, we're really in a hurry here. We're in a big hurry to get out. Uh, there's not a lot of talk about, you know, this is going to be a process and here's what the process is. It's like, no, no, no. We need to hurry up and get out. We got to get out quick. You know, we're going to we're gonna try to sneak out in the middle of the night if we can, you know, leave them a note saying, hey, sorry it didn't work out, but I think it's time we see other countries. That type of scenario, right? And um, I just, I, I thought, well, okay, I, I hope they do this right. And then the stories start coming out. The, the first thing, I mean, if you're a regular listener, you might remember me a number of weeks ago getting very upset. Imagine your new bathroom. 
a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Greater Columbus Sports Commission is proud to celebrate the history of women's athletes and the 50th anniversary of Title IX with a new podcast. The Starting Nine Up podcast will feature some of the most important female voices in local sports. Hosted by iHeartMedia's Matt McCoy, Starting Nine Up explores stories you may be familiar with and others you might be hearing for the first time. Listen and subscribe to Starting Nine Up, a Title IX podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts about people in Afghanistan, uh, native to Afghanistan, these translators, for example, some of whom had, I mean, you know, we've been there for 20 years. Some of these translators have worked for the United States on our behalf, helping us in Afghanistan for a big chunk of that two decades that we've been there, right? And these stories start coming out about these translators who are in fear for their lives. They're trying to figure out how to get to the United States where they will be safe. After all these years of helping us out, turns out, yes, there is a process for these translators to be able to come to the United States safely. And uh, But good luck with it because there's a whole hell of a lot of paperwork and you got to figure out how to, first you got to figure out how to get a hold of the paperwork and then you got to figure out how to get it to the right person and this and that. Meanwhile, it's chaos at the embassy and now they're talking about moving the embassy. And these people are all falling through the cracks. People who were helping us throughout this war falling through the cracks because, you know, it should have been simple. I know none of this is simple. I get it. But some things need to be streamlined. Anybody, anybody who helped us in Afghanistan, like these translators, round them up and get them on the plane and get them out of there safely. Figure out the paperwork later. Figure out the paperwork later. Don't make it hard for them. Their lives are at stake. They're in terrible danger. There were a couple of specific stories of of families who, you know, they ended up having to flee Afghanistan. Uh, uh, One of their stories sounded a lot like when somebody comes from uh, one of these uh, uh, countries, uh, you know, they cross through uh, Mexico and, and try to get here, you know, and it's a very dangerous trek. You know, there, there were some similarities with one of the, I forget, there was one family, they left Afghanistan I, and they had to sneak in. I forget what country they went to and then they had to come back and, oh, just the hell they went through with their young children. Why does that happen? That shouldn't happen. Get them on the plane and get them out of there. Um, and now... Uh, the Taliban is uh, taking these cities. We might have to move the embassy because uh, they're talking about if they don't move the embassy, it's going to be the embassy is going to be surrounded by the Taliban. And then you're going to see Al Qaeda move back in and take control. Now, some will look at this and say, well, this is why we never, you know, Hawks will say this is why we shouldn't have left. 
shouldn't have left to begin with. We should have continued to stay there and stick it out because now we're leaving and now the Taliban is filling that vacuum. My argument would be, no, we should be leaving and we need the Afghan government to figure out how to, you know, stand up for themselves here. But um, <laughs> there was no reason to rush. We've been there 20 years and I understand you know, we'd like to get out maybe before the 20-year anniversary of September 11. But there was no reason to rush and uh, and leave people behind and in danger. And now, well, we'll get to what's happening now. Let's grab this call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt, it's Stacy Lawton down in Nashua. Hey, Stacy, how are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I wanted to touch on what you're talking about right now because, you know, Though in the beginning, I, I'd never supported the war efforts under the Bush administration. However, you know, this this whole deal about pulling them all out and having the Taliban get back to some really dangerous levels, I'm just trying to figure out where was the, the common sense thinking or who made these, these decisions or advised uh, our president to make these decisions because... This wasn't a responsible with, uh, pullout at all. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around, you know, we should have had, like, you know, they talked about peaceful transitions or different strategies to get our troops out. And I'm just thinking to myself, this was not done in the right way at all whatsoever. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I mean, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, the Biden administration said, well, if we do this quickly, we're we're going to hope for the best. It's not our, mm -hmm. but it's not our problem. Um, mm -hmm. So let's just uh, leave and try to do it quickly and efficiently. But yeah. you know, but you know, you, <laughs> but but nothing nothing actually works that way. Not when we're dug in no. there for for two decades. And uh, for them to be naive enough, and what's so disappointing to me, Stacey, too, is this isn't like the yeah. Trump team where you know you got some people who have questionable resumes for the jobs that they're in you know right. like for exactly like for example when when trump picked uh rex tillerson to be his uh secretary of state and it's like well okay oh rex tillerson's a big deal you know former head of exxon but what what does he know about foreign policy um exactly these are biden has you know foreign policy professionals who know what the hell exactly. they're doing people like tony blinken and others so Yep. So in a way, it's it's that makes it worse because they have no excuse. They have no exactly. excuse for not knowing what was going to happen and what the risks were. And exactly. if, if there's no way, I, I, I can almost accept if if someone wants to make the argument to me, there's no way to avoid the Taliban filling that vacuum when we leave. But. Mm -hmm. At least we can finally get out and get out, get our people out safely. And anyone mm -hmm. who helped us, take them with us, get them on the planes and get them exactly. out too. I I would find that acceptable because, exactly. I, but, but this is a mess. And now we're sending in Marines to, th this is the other thing. And, and I was, uh, I'll, I'll, I was going to bring this up after your call, but I'll bring it up now and get your thoughts yeah, on it so, because yeah. it sounds like you've been following this pretty closely. So now mm -hmm. 
Uh, we're sending in, I think, a, a, a thousand Marines to, uh, yep. to to kick them out of Kabul. And they're selling it, yep. though, or Kabul, however you want to say it. And they're selling it as, um, you know, these are peacekeeping forces, these are security forces, or whatever you want to call it. But we know. that's uh, You never trust them when they say that, right? No. Because if you no. look, I mean, look, if you look at history, when we went into Vietnam, um, yep. They sent in, JFK sent in, quote-unquote, advisors, military advisors yep. who were going to advise the South Vietnamese on how to fly the planes, how to do these bombing mm-hmm. missions, but they're advisors. They're not going to be involved in combat. And then they get over there, right. and they're involved in combat. They're flying the missions themselves, exactly. and it just escalated from there. So, you know, th- these guys are going to I mean, be involved in combat. look at the history combat. of this situation. I mean, we were supposed to go in and do a job and, and leave, and then— Bush said, mission accomplished. <laughs> yep. Then we still stayed there. Ob- Obama came in, and he said he was closing the gates on the deal, and he- they was bringing them home then. And we still left people over there. And then now a complete pull- pullout. I mean, yes, it's. I've always said we should leave, but we have to do it responsibly. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't responsible. And I don't think that these peacekeeping Marines or trying to push them out of this area is really going to be that effective because what they're going to find is they're going to be pulling more troops back in. Yeah, actually, uh, Stacey, Jenny just sent me a link to an article. It's actually 3,000 troops, uh, CNBC.com. This just went up in the last hour. U.S. deploying 3,000 troops to help evacuate Afghan embassy staff as the Taliban advances. There's There's no excuse so, these people are in danger. The, the, I mean, the this reason is, that, yeah. if, if you're sending in 3,000 troops to help evacuate the Afghan embassy staff, obviously these people are in danger. This never should have happened. And exactly. It's, it's, and how could they not know? It's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And and I'm thinking, you know, everything that's that's led up to this point, you know, everything would have pointed that the Taliban was going to come back in. And, you know, this just, it's just not responsible because now, you know, we, we were already not really stable with the situation. And now that with the Taliban gaining strength again, the world is, is, is not, I mean, it's already not a safe place, but this is going to make the world much more dangerous at this point. And, and I'm concerned, I'm deeply concerned about what's going to you know happen going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my immediate concern is, well, now, you know, like the embassy staff, for example, and, and, you know, anybody else uh, who helped us there should have been taken care of. Um, Yeah, exactly. I agree. You know, maybe maybe they should have uh, switched up the order a little bit, like get everybody out, get all the non-military personnel out who needed to get out first. And then Mm -hmm. and then we begin the actual withdrawal. Exactly. You know, they maybe they just did this in the wrong order, but they should have known. There's no excuse for not knowing. I sense trouble. And like you said, all his advisors and all his people that are working with him, this is the stuff they've been doing all their lives. Mm -hmm. This is their career, and they should have known better, especially his military advisors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and, anyhow, yeah. And I don't know what the. I don't know what the end game is here now. I mean, uh, exactly. uh, it, it sounds like we're probably going to be stuck there. Maybe you know, with maybe only three, th- maybe the three thousand Marines going in will 
just have to stay. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen going forward because I think our military presence is just going to end up going back and it's going to stick there for some time. And this, this has been a, a major mess for the longest time. And I'm not really sure one quick solution like what Biden has done was, you know, is going to solve it. I mean, this is a a multi-level, multi-faceted problem that's going to be we're going to be dealing with for some time to come. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. So, anyways, uh, thank you for taking my call and engaging in a conversation. Um, this is a really big issue, and uh, I wanted to see if I get my two cents in. Oh, of course, absolutely. All right, Stacy, I appreciate the call. Right, thank thank you. you. You got it. Yeah. Bye bye. Have a great day. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, Stacey Lawton from Nashua. That opens up a line for you, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. I see some uh, Facebook comments, too. I'll get to those in a moment. Uh, some great uh, input in the uh, chat room. But part of what is so frustrating, too, about this whole thing, um, in a broader context, stepping back and just taking a broader view of the whole thing, is it's such a um, – it is a no-win – catch 22 situation um afghanistan in a larger sense because there is no there is no happy ending here there is no i mean look if we went in and and at the time full disclosure at the time i kind of understood the rationale you know, after 9-11, it's just hard to believe. I mean, we're coming up on the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, which is in- incredible. But, you know, like, it sounds so cliche, but I think like most of us who were alive at the time, you know, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, um, 9-11. But I, at the time, I I could see the rationale behind, you know, going in, kicking some ass, making a statement, reminding the world that there are consequences to messing with the United States, not to sound jingoistic or overly hawkish, but I'm just saying I could see the rationale at the time to taking that approach, not getting bogged down, but to just going in, making a statement, break some stuff, kill some terrorists and leave. I, I could understand at the time, and I was sympathetic to that at the time. But I also wondered at the time, I was conflicted. I thought, is that the, the right approach or does it make more sense you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't go and invade somebody. You, uh, you do something a bit more surgical and you put the intelligence agencies on it, not that they weren't already on it, but you you make a concerted effort to track down specific individuals like Osama bin Laden, for example, and other known terrorists, and you and you go after them and you try to find them, track them down and capture them, kill them, whatever happens, happens, right? Um, without going to war. And in hindsight, I think the second option not only would have been better because when going with the first option, we ended up getting bogged down for 20 years, which also was entirely predictable. Um, But I I think the second option, uh, many would argue in hindsight, 
would have been far more effective, <laughs> right? Instead of going in, invading, draining our own resources, which Osama bin Laden was on record as saying, that's how you defeat America. Get them trapped in a situation where their resources are drained and you wait them out. Um, and if they want to invade, fine. Afghanistan, where great empires go to die. Just ask the Russians. You let them come in and you wait them out. That's why when... Our military got to Afghanistan. What did they find? For example, abandoned Russian tanks from when the Soviets were there. And they eventually had to leave because their resources were drained. Now, we're leaving before our resources are completely drained. And our empire has not died yet. But I'm just saying, um, in hindsight, I think the second option clearly would have been better. But I also... Well, this is more in terms of Iraq, but maybe in terms of Afghanistan, too. I believe that the Bush administration fully intended and expected to get bogged down in both cases. I really do. Uh, not to get conspiratorial, because you know how skeptical I am of conspiracy theories, and I've even come to find them uh, to be somewhat—I've uh, I've contempt for some of them. Um, but uh, conspiracy theories— but I, I've thought for a long time that the Bush administration understood that we were probably going to get back down, uh, bogged down rather, and even welcomed it because uh, that was good for, you know, I mean, look, you got to fuel that military industrial complex, right? I mean, war is our greatest export. By the way, I'm not. Please understand, I'm not trying to go down some 9-11 rabbit hole of, oh, it was an inside job, so we had an excuse to do that. I don't buy in any of that. I think that's all nonsense. I don't buy in any of that. All I am saying is I do believe that there are people in the uh, W administration who did see some value in, well, you know, if we do get bogged down in a war, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, we do have uh, defense contractors who are kind of depending on us to— you know, buy their weapons and, you know, and and then you get into Halliburton and all of that. Um, but uh, let's look at these um, Facebook uh, live uh, comments here. Um, Scott Robinson said there were many American people who lost their lives there for nothing now. Such a tragedy. Oh, that's where I was going before, too, when I was talking about I kind of derailed myself, but. When we step back, again, taking away the current situation or how we got there in the first place, stepping back and taking a broader view of our two-decade, well, no, not two decades, but almost two, you know, it'll be two decades since 9-11 happened, but almost 20 years of, of being in Afghanistan as occupiers. Stepping back and taking a broader view of it, what is heartbreaking, one of the things that is heartbreaking is it, it is such a no-win situation because no matter what you do, there is no happy ending. And this is part of why I think we've remained as bogged down as we have been. Because, let me put it this way, there is no ending to this that is satisfying. 
We like closure. There is no closure here. Because while I think leaving is the right thing to do, it just should have been done correctly and not this mess that they've handed us. While I think leaving is the right thing to do, it's not a satisfying answer. There is no satisfying answer. You kind of have two choices, stay or leave. You stay, it's just more of the same. You leave, it kind of feels like we wasted 20 years of resources and worse, our military. You know, every single person we sent there who died in combat in Afghanistan, well, what did they die for? If we spent 20 years there and now we're leaving, and what did we get for that, that 20 years? If the answer is nothing, then you could say that the people who died there on our behalf died for nothing. And that's the tough thing, more than tough. That is the excruciatingly brutal thing psychologically about all of this and why there is no happy ending, why there is no satisfying ending, why there is no closure to any of this. There are no good options. Getting out seems like the least bad option, but there are no good options because if it was all for nothing, that hurts. That really hurts. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt. It's Mike Doyle. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Good. Hey, good subject. Hey, you know what? You know what bothers me the most is is at what point is Afghan Afghanistan considered a humanitarian issue? You know, mm. there's somewhere around 36 million people there. How many how many women and children are going to get slaughtered? Um, mm-hmm. When we when we completely pull out. Well, that's um, yeah, that's a very important point that you raise because it it would appear that that's already beginning to um, to occur and yeah. and and some yeah. and some there's there's people going into hiding trying to escape that because yeah, once the Taliban is back in charge, um, you're right, Mike. Uh, it, I know, I know. We try to have the moniker or. Actually, in, in the recent years, well, I shouldn't say that. Let's go back. Uh, Biden kind of has this thing where we don't want to be the police. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, you know, kind of the Afghan move. Trump was just the opposite. He was, you know, we should be the police, um, you know, because we are one of the biggest, strongest countries in the world. Um, well, I don't, I don't so, think, well, I, I don't know. I wouldn't characterize. I don't, I don't think Trump really wanted us to be the police of the world either. I mean, Trump did want, want to get, Trump wanted to get out too, if you remember. He was... Trying to negotiate he something did. with the top. He did. Yeah. He did. But he was also he wanted to leave like four thousand troops there. Yeah. In, in certain areas. Yeah. So that that was his plan. His plan was to pull everybody out, but leave leave some bases open for training, just like we're doing in like South Korea right now. Sure. Yeah. You know, we still got we still got people there. You know. So yeah. So he you know his idea was to to hold the hold the fort so to speak with with you know moving troops in and out of there and keep a number of like four thousand. And then, um, you know, try to establish that to the Taliban, you can't come in. You know, this is somebody else's country. Yeah. But that that in itself is another posture where you say, well, who are you to say that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Who, who is Trump to say that? 
when it's their country and it's their war and it's their years of religious fighting and right. you know getting in the middle of it. But the thing that breaks my heart is when you see the photos of some of these towns and you see women and children running, and, yep. you know, for cover. You know, think about like five and ten year old kids. You know, just they have no shot. You know, they have no clue and what's going on. Well, they probably know what's going on, but you know, why do they have to be caught in the middle of this this you know storm? Yeah, and um, that's that's the humanitarian part of this that really bugs me the most. No, I think uh, uh, I think that's a very important point that you raise, and and uh, you're right. I'm with you. That that is the most heartbreaking thing about it. I think. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's gonna. It's a. It's a tough tough situation. But it looks like Biden's dug his heels in. Somebody must have got in his craw to say this is absolutely 100 percent the right thing to do. Well, I he's think not backing down. So yeah, and I I I think he campaigned on it anyway, didn't he? I mean, didn't he say that that, that was. Uh, but of course, you never know when when whether to take them seriously either. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Obama. Well, that goes, that's that's Ob- any politician usually. I, I remember Obama saying, you know, because he was an ex president after W. He said, "Oh yeah, we're going to get out," and he didn't get us out. And right. actually, he ratcheted things up in some ways with those uh, uh, drone strikes, which increased uh, exponentially. Which I I believe make create larger problems than they solve, and then. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what we do, yeah. Mike. It 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 feels like it, it. It just feels like the the greatest no win situation, and uh, and it's uh, and and I think we've made it worse now. I don't I just, know. I just think I just think we have enough. We have enough communication skills, and politicians and and army people and whatever it takes to go over there and make a deal with other countries to take. If if we're going to pull out for sure then, you know, will you take refugees from this country and make deals with other people to say, yes, go over to Pakistan or go over to, you know, whoever's next door and just, you know, will you take 10,000 migrants who are going to come across the border here Mm -hmm. that are looking for looking for safety, you know, and just looking to live. Yeah. And, uh, you know, through no fault of their own, you know, these women and children are caught in this crossfire and and it's just it's a tough, tough thing. And breaks my heart to be honest with you no me too me too absolutely so anyways but good subject anyways but uh i don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to be honest with you You yeah it's it's such it it, it is a tough one it i i i'm at a loss i'm at a loss but uh yeah but that's a great point that you raise yeah we'll talk to you later all right mike all right mike thanks for the call take care All right, that was Mike Doyle. Great call from Mike. Uh, by the way, if you missed it, Mike was here with us in studio uh, on Monday. It was a, the first time Mike had been on my show for uh, for a very long time. Uh, but uh, he usually hears, I, I never think to ask him when he's on the phone, he usually appears uh, once a week on The Morning Show with Peter White. We have another call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? It's Jenny. Hey there. I was um, watching a report just probably maybe a couple of hours ago as a female journalist reporting from Kabul. And she was saying that they now believe it'll be about 30 days until the Taliban hits Kabul. Like it's not if it's when, and one of the things that she raised and Mike talked about this too. I don't know that everybody really gets it as much as we should. The situation over there for, for women, especially young girls is. It's humid, sweaty and sticky Summer can be really uncomfortable, but we're actually talking about your mattress. Don't worry, though. Nectar's Nectar Tech cooling technology helps you sleep cool on hot summer nights. 
Plus, every mattress includes a one-year trial, forever warranty, and free shipping. With $200 off, prices start at only $399. And get $499 of premium accessories, including pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector this summer. So chill out and visit Nectarsleep.com. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Precarious to say the least. Right now, the reporter was saying that there are, are there's a huge push. Her families are trying to sneak their young daughters out um, and get them as far away as possible because they are taken by the Taliban as young brides and and forced in and they are raped and they are forced to bear children and they are forced to follow their rules or die. Um, these are the same people that will bury a woman up to her neck and stone her to death. Mm-hmm. So families are running with their young girls, trying to keep. We 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 have a responsibility for that. I'm sorry, I did not agree with the with going in I, the way that we did, and I was really because to me I thought we were hitting the wrong target. But doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what I thought then. Doesn't matter whether I agreed or disagreed. What matters is right now, and right now we put ourselves in a position of safety for these people. This, these, these, I don't know what it is. Biden's doing it now, and Trump did it with Syria. We pull our troops out yeah. so quickly yep. and so dangerously. We leave death and destruction in our wake. We don't give a care how many kids get taken and raped and forced into marriages. This is not okay. This is a real-life freaking handsmaid tale going on over there, and yeah. we're responsible. We're causing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's kind of like the theory, you know, you break it, you own it. You know, uh, we you know, we, we went yeah. in there. We went in there and broke it. Not that it wasn't already broken, but you know what I mean. And then, uh, exactly. you know, so so we own it and we got to you know, if we're going to leave it, we got to do it the right way. And this is, uh, you know, it's almost like with uh and like I said, it's it's very similar. There are parallels to, you know, Trump leaving Syria, Biden leaving Afghanistan. It's like this idea that we have to once we decide we're leaving, we got to hurry up and just get out and get it done and not uh, take our time to do it right. It's almost as though, you know, there's an idea that, well, the American people don't have the patience to do this, uh, to to do this right. Or maybe they don't trust us that we're going to actually do it after talking about it. Um, I'm a hundred percent opposed to us being the policemen of the world. Sure. Yeah. And, and we hear that, that thrown around, but we're, we have to look at reality. We've been there for 20 years. We've changed the, the makeup of their, their terrain. We've changed the way their villages are structured. We've changed everything about the way things are. And there are people who are really ticked about that mm-hmm. and they're just waiting and it's proving out. It's not like this is conjecture that you're talking about. This is seriously happening right now, right here today. They're now sending 3,000 troops to try and get our people out alive. They're not even, never mind move the embassy. We're just going to try and get the staff out alive at this point. What we're doing is wrong. And for once, I would love to see people in leadership, the president absolutely, say, 
I was wrong to do it this way. Let's roll it back. Let's slow it down. Let's let the military do it correctly. Let's have a peaceful turnover and leave these people better than we found them. What we're doing is leaving a wake of destruction behind us and how many atrocities that will occur in that wake. Every one of them are on our heads if we turn our back and walk away. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I just really felt like you're on such a great topic today. And this is so important to talk about. And it's so fluid. And, you know, and Mike is, is right. Everybody that's calling in is right. If we're seeing this, why can't the people we elected see it? Why can't they stand up and do the right thing for a change for once? My God, just once. Yeah, well, and like, and like I said, too, there's no excuse for for not, you know, they should have known better. They should have, uh, you know, there's, there's no excuse for not knowing how to do this. The, these, are right. comp, these are competent people. I mean, Biden assembled, you know, the, the adults are back in the room, but they're not, uh, <laughs> they don't seem to have the patience that adults are supposed to have. Well, opinions vary from me in this point, but I want to yeah. clear the line because I know there's probably a lot of people trying to call in. And I want to make sure people get to voice themselves as much as possible. Okay. All right, Jenny. Thanks for the Thank call. You. you got it. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, that opens up a line for you. Uh, we are past the top of the hour. I do want to take a break soon, but uh, but I do have uh, flexibility on that here, which is wonderful. And I don't uh, want to leave the topic quite yet. So it uh, looks like... Uh, uh, I, I know somebody else was trying to call in. 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. And we do have a lot of great comments in the Facebook live chat as well. Uh, Rocky Huber says, this is one of the reasons bin Laden came to be. We did the same thing when Afghanistan was fighting Russia. We abandoned them. Uh, let's see. We have another call here. Hi, welcome to Matt. Hi, Hi this is Austin. Who is this? Who is this? This is Austin. Austin, how are you? Austin. I'm doing good. I just want to let you know that this is a boycott. Oh no, you're boycotting the show? This is a boycott. Yeah, we want Hopwood. We want <laughs> we want to see some ass. Well, he's not this here. This is a boycott. He's not Indeed. he's not here today. I I do have a question though, uh, Austin. If you yes. boycott the show, how will you know when Hopwood is here? I don't know, sir. I'm boycotting this. <laughs> We're canceling the show. You're canceling the show? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You're getting more calls, sir. Prepare. Uh, what? You've had enough. C- c- will you give me another chance? Uh, you better be on tomorrow. Uh, you can bring him on right now. Well, I can't. I can't. He's not here. I'll see if Where I, is he? I'll, I'll see if I can bring him on tomorrow. Will you give me another chance if I promise? I can't promise I'll... Have him here tomorrow? Uh, I don't know, sir. We're, we're boycotting today. I'll promise to try. To I'll promise to try. I don't know. <laughs> you better be on tomorrow. You're, you're getting boycotted today. I don't know. They're uh, calling in. Trust me. Uh, I got backup. Okay. I'll, coming I'll, in with tanks. I, with tanks? Oh, my goodness. This is very fr- This is very, oh, yeah. very frightening. <laughs> this is serious. All right. All right, Austin. I will, do my, I will do my best to tr- hopefully it will be a, a brief boycott. It'll be a boycott, but we better see him tomorrow. Okay. All right. I'll see Get what I'll see what I can do. Give him a coffee. Get him some coffee. So, right. Some coffee? Okay. All right. Bye bye. All right. Austin is uh, boycotting the show because there's no uh, there's no Hopwood. Well, I'll see. Maybe maybe he'll be here tomorrow. I hope so. I don't want uh, I don't want people boycotting the show. I mean, if nobody's listening, uh, well, then I'm talking to nobody. 
I didn't realize John Hopwood, this is all going to go to his head. I'm telling you. I know him. I know him. He's going to get a big head over it. Hi, welcome to Matt Connors and Unleashed. Who's this? Well, as the other caller reiterated, uh, we're going to fight for our right to Hopwood. Is this Brandon from Portland? This is Brandon from Portland, indeed. You got to fight for your right to Hopwood. Hopwood. All right. I like it. I'll see what I can do. And and we're going to continue to fight because I was disappointed with Hopwood's performance yesterday. Oh, no. Why is that? Well, I, I just think he he was a little bit uh, he was a little, maybe a little bit uh, tired. Oh, his back was bothering him. Oh, that's why he was wearing the um, the back brace. The brace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His back was hurting him. Yeah, because well, the thing is, you never know what you're going to get with Hopwood. Sometimes he's very laid back, and other times he'll just explode into a rage. You just never know. Well, we know he always gives his A game when it comes to the ladies, but it seems that he kind of is a slouch when it comes to maybe some of the you know, radio show. Do we know that, though, that he gives his A game with the ladies? Do we really know that? I don't know. That's that. the reputation. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, you know, you can create a reputation. That doesn't mean it's true. I mean, yes, he probably does. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Uh, and, and obviously Hopwood is uh, probably a womanizer. What do you think? <laughs> I don't. I don't want to say that. I. I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know enough about his romantic history. I'm not sure I want to. Although I'll tell you what, he. I have seen him be quite charming. I bet he is. Uh, I bet he does okay with the ladies. Now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, yeah, depending on the circumstance. Mm, well, of course. I, I think if Hopwood was at the Hop Knot, he would do exceptionally well with the ladies. Well, that's true. He could say that they named the place after him, and who would question him? I don't know. I imagine him, I like to think of him like in the 70s at Studio 54, maybe with some platform shoes, you know, make him a little taller. I bet he did all right. Well, yeah, how would how would he look in Manchester in the 70s compared to now? Well, like I said, you know, he'd probably uh, have, you know, platform shoes were a thing then, you know, that would give him at least another inch or two. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe the, uh, you know, the open shirt with a, a gold chain or something. I don't know. Oh, well, uh, and, so, and so just a... to give a detailed outline of the boycott until John Hopwood becomes a permanent fixture on the Matt Connors and Unleashed program, the show will be boycotted. But as I said to Austin, how will you know? If you're boycotting the show, how will you know whether he's uh, a permanent fixture or not? Well, well, that's why we're setting it in stone now. We're saying the boycott will occur on to this day, and, and then so we won't be able to know uh, going forward. <laughs> okay. I've, uh, you got me backed into a corner here, uh, Brandon. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. I, I he's not here today, and if the boycott starts today, I don't know what to do. Well, I hope you understand the dire, the direness of your circumstances. And uh, I understand that you're up against the break, so I'm going to let you go. But uh, thanks for taking my call. All right, Brandon. Well, Brandon, I'm happy to take your call any time. But if you're boycotting, I'd, oh, boy, I'll tell you what. I thought we were in a, a no-win situation in Afghanistan. I'm in a no-win situation with this boycott. I mean, how does the boycott end if they're boycotting the show? And if I mean, John Opwood could be here. Here every day starting tomorrow to infinity, and they wouldn't know it because they're boycotting the show. 
Boy, this is terribly distressing. I'm terribly distressed. Um, Melanie in the chat room uh, says, uh, a-hole comment alert. I can't help but wonder if these translators had a more... Oh, if these translators had a more preferred skin color, if they would have been treated better, America has a long history of altering treatment of others depending on this factor. Nope, that's a great observation, Melanie. Uh, I agree. Uh, I That kind of occurred to me, too, to be honest with you. Uh, Abigail Jem joins us in the chat room. Hello, Abigail. Tom Blanchard says, there's people who need our help, but this seems to be what the liberals want to keep our troops safe, but now uh, but now what, as the Afghan people, they're all going to die, meaning the Afghan people, I think. Um, yeah, it's, like I said, it's such a, it's, it's, it's an impossible situation. Only made worse. Um... <laughs> let's see I just want to make sure we don't miss anybody in here and then we do need to get to a break um, I think Melanie and Rocky are kind of uh, having a spirited debate Braden Russell is in the uh, chat room Braden says uh, boycott is on until Hopwood becomes a permanent fixture oh boy uh, Dirk Don of Arrogant Media is in the chat room uh, hello Dirk um Hopwood went too easy, he says. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot of... <laughs> now, Dirk says, sorry, Matt, going to have to boycott the show after years of listening. Oh, boy. Well, uh, this too shall pass. Or will it? I don't know. I had no idea how much I depended on John Hopwood. I had no idea. John, if you're listening, I had no idea how much I depended on you. Well, we do need to get to a break. We are way past the top of the hour. I'm going to play something, and uh, and then we'll show some love to our wonderful sponsors here at WMNH, and then we will be back with our number two of Matt Connerton Unleashed. Don't go anywhere. There is more to come. Welcome back, everybody. We are way into our number two numero dos of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. Streaming at WMNHradio.org and on the Facebook on the Matt Connerton Unleashed Facebook page. And of course, you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com for all of your live streaming options and social media links, contact info, show archive etc. Uh, hello to our friends at Raw Talk Online and Tomorrow Radio. And today is Thursday, August 12th. 
2021. Uh, welcome, everybody. Of course, I want to remind you that we are proudly sponsored by The Hop Knot in the Brady Sullivan at 1000 Elm Street. Today is Thursday, which means tonight is Trivia Night, hosted by the great Bill Cini. But I recommend also the delicious gourmet pretzels. They have a large assortment of craft beer. Such a great place. Great food, great service. Wonderful family that uh, owns and operates it. So uh, please uh, continue to support our wonderful sponsor, The Hop Knot. Tonight's trivia, tomorrow night, is Grant Lampton. Our friend Grant Lampton will be performing live, as he does every Friday from 7 to 9 p.m. He does a residency there. Uh, so uh, check that out, too. Also, too, I want to mention our other great sponsors here at WMNH, Mike Pelopita from Queen City Cabinetry, a big supporter of all the shows here and uh, of the station. Uh, also, CGI Business Solutions, the OG of WMNH sponsors. And our newest sponsor, uh, Peter White, uh, announced it Monday morning on the morning show, Adored Wi-Fi. Uh, you can find them online at adoredwifi.com. High-speed internet you'll love with a connection you can trust. Now operating in Manchester, New Hampshire. So very, very cool. Uh, if you'd like to join us, uh, don't wait uh, too... Wow, it's already 20 after 5. Uh, don't wait too long. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course... You can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat, but the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. Also, a quick programming note. Uh, tonight at 6 p.m., immediately following this program, I will be making my monthly appearance on The Dr. Kevin Show. You can find that online streaming on the OM times radio network that's om om as an om omtimes.com slash iom will bring you right to the show omtimes.com slash iom and i join dr kevin once a month uh one thursday a month to discuss what else politics so if you get to the end of today's show and you say, I need another hour of Matt Connerton. Well, as long as you're willing to share me with Dr. Kevin, because it's his show I'll be on, uh, you can join us, omtimes.com slash IOM. We will be live from 6 to 7 p.m. So I finish up this show, and then I pick up my phone, and I call into his. Um, and, of course, if you don't get to listen to that live, it'll be archived, and we'll share that out and, and whatnot. But uh, So we'll see what uh, Dr. Kevin wants to discuss uh, I'm the only one he really talks about politics with. The rest of the time he gets into other stuff. You know, after all, he's Dr. Kevin. No, I love Dr. Kevin. He's a great friend, and I always enjoy getting to hang out with him. By the way, uh, Tom Blanchard in, in the uh, chat room says, uh, I had my draft card for Vietnam for the Vietnam War. So lucky my birthday was never called. Today's kids don't know how lucky they are. Yeah, you're not kidding. There's actually... Um, some discussion, and this is something that comes up from time to time. We'll see if it ever comes to pass, but um, I know there's uh, there's already a bill in the House, I think, to uh, add women to the selective service. So right now, of course, men, when you turn 18, 
you're supposed to go to the post office and register for the selective service. So if there is ever a draft, you uh, you get to go off and die, potentially. No, I don't think we'll ever see another draft in this country. I've always said uh, the United States will start uh, launching nukes before we ever have another draft. Not that I want either of those things to ever come to pass. Jeez, Biden made a comment. That reminds me. Biden made a comment uh, a few weeks ago about... Um, some of you may have heard this. Uh, this is an example of, you know, you hear people talk about saying the quiet part out loud. <laughs> Biden was talking about these cyber attacks, you know, that uh, that we experience from Russia and from China. And he said something about, you know, if this continues, these cyber attacks could result in an actual, in some actual shooting. And... Uh, it was just one of those things where, you know, when somebody says something and you don't, you understand that everyone's kind of thinking it, that it's a possibility, but you don't necessarily think it's a great thing to be saying out loud. But he actually said that. He said, yeah, you know, these things could escalate to an actual shooting war or however he put it. You know, sometimes someone will say something like that and you, you don't necessarily react like, oh, you shouldn't say that. But there's a part of you that wishes they wouldn't say it. So instead of just being like, whoa, don't say that, you're kind of more just like, oh, uh, hmm, yeah. Anyway, you almost don't know how to react. That's how I felt hearing Biden say that. It was like, you really want to say that? You don't have to say that out loud. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about anything escalating from, look, don't get me wrong. Cyber attacks are terrible. Absolutely terrible. But I prefer them to, you know, getting into an actual armed conflict with uh, these countries. Uh, there's been a lot in the news lately about China really ramping up their nuclear arsenal. I mean, that's the next Cold War is with China. Although the dynamics with China are far more complicated and maybe in our favor in the sense that at least with China, our economies are so interdependent that... There's, uh, for that reason, uh, we're interdependent with China. So even though they are an adversary, uh, economically, we kind of need each other. So that's even more reason to not blow each other up. Um, we don't necessarily have that with the Russians, who still have the capability to incinerate the United States in a matter of minutes if, uh, if they so choose to, which we certainly hope that never happens. Boy, it's such a cheerful show today that I'm doing. You ever, everybody enjoying the, the happy, cheerful show? <laughs> I was talking about Afghanistan. Now I'm talking about nuclear war. Just a happy, cheerful guy today, aren't I? Uh, I did open with some fun things, though. Some uh, fun uh, song parodies and stuff, as I do. Should we talk about something else fun? Should we talk about uh, how the uh, Mississippi... Uh, healthcare system is on the brink of collapse because, uh, you know, in Mississippi, that's a that's a very red state. You know, people aren't going to get vaccinated in Mississippi. They're too busy owning the libs in Mississippi by uh, refusing to take uh, COVID seriously, which results in a lot of sickness and death and a hospital system that is actually collapsing. But who cares, right? You know, as long as uh, as long as you know Bill Gates can't track where you are and George Soros can't come and kidnap you, that's all that really matters. We have a call. 
Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt, this is Ronnie. How you doing, sir? Good, Ron. How are you? Good, thank you. I uh, I guess I just not even don't even really have a question as much as I uh, comment. Yes. How is it that year after year after year, California and, you know, the western states survive all these wildfires? How is it possible? Uh, that's a great question, Ron, um, because I'll tell you what, it's getting worse. It, it gets worse every year, and... Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know the answer. Uh, it's not getting any better. I really better. wasn't looking for the answer. I just kind of was saying to myself, yeah. oh, my God, yeah. again, again. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> and, and it, it just gets, uh, you know, an entire town recently went up in flames. Um and it gets so bad now that we feel the effects of it here too. You know, we see uh, we see the haze in our skies all the way over That's here correct. on the on the east coast. It's incredible. You know, because it travels with the jet stream. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, and it doesn't rain as much as it used to. So, <sighs> yeah, I don't know, Matt. That was my two cents. But I also wanted to say, if I was listening to the news and I found out the Russians. We're sending over a nuke, and we only had 10 or 15 minutes left. I wonder if I could come on your show uninvited real quickly. Oh, absolutely, Ron. Uh, yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yes, if we find ourselves in a situation where uh, we're all about to be incinerated, uh, if you can get here in time, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to see you. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, Ron. Thank you for the call. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, boy. Yeah. I was so worried about that growing up, growing up in the 80s. Obsession is too strong a word, but I had a, a very strong uh, preoccupation with uh, the threat of nuclear war. Uh, Mike Pelopita, who is a top fan from Queen City Cabinetry, says in the chat room, I read today that the fires in Siberia are larger than all the other fires in the world burning right now. Really? I did not know that. My goodness, in Siberia. Well, in Siberia, it's very cold, although probably not in the summer. But uh, they probably uh, need to burn everything just to keep warm. Um, yeah, but what's going on in Mississippi is really uh, distressing. Now, the reason I bring this up, and by the way, we are going all the way to 6 p.m. today because tonight's uh, weekly die-on uh, is a replay, uh, I believe, of last week's show. Um the reason I wanted to look at what's going on in Mississippi is we need to understand as we go forward that this is what is going to happen in all the red states. And who knows, maybe eventually the blue states as well. Um, this is the trajectory that we're on. There are actually more new infections of COVID-19 being reported now than a year ago at this time. So in that regard, we're actually in worse shape now than we were a year ago. This is despite the fact that we have three vaccines that anybody can get. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning. And you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. 
there's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. But again, you know, if you're worried about being microchipped or if you just feel like, you know, you don't want to give in to those commie liberals and their science or whatever it is. Or, or, or you just don't understand that if you get COVID-19, yeah, you might get some light cold symptoms or no symptoms at all on the one hand. On the other hand, you might die. But if these aren't things that are of concern to you, then I guess, uh, you know, you're just not going to help us get through this thing, are you? So that's where we are. So what is happening in Mississippi right now, which is one of the one of the reasons I get so angry about all of this, is that um, not only is it incredibly frustrating, because what may eventually happen, guys, you know, I mean, on the one hand, I try to take solace and comfort, and I do take solace and comfort in knowing that those of us who are smart enough to get vaccinated and protect ourselves and protect the people around us, we have the ability to do it. You know, I was fully vaccinated with Pfizer by the end of April. But what is uh, frustrating is knowing that it is possible. Now, it may not happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But it is possible that eventually a variant will come along because as long as the, uh, as long as the virus is allowed to sort of run free because we can't get enough people vaccinated so the virus continues to just ravage our population as long as that continues largely unchecked the virus will continue to mutate the way to stop that is to get enough people vaccinated where the virus can't continue to uh, propagate and therefore mutate into more severe strains but apparently that option is off the menu because we live in the United States of anti-science. So because of that, uh, I'm worried that we're going to, I figure I'll just continue this really pleasant, uh, upbeat uh, theme today on the show. Uh, I'm concerned that we're going to get to a point where there will be a variant that evades our vaccines entirely and we're back at square one and a lot of people are getting sick and or dying um you know and and i'm sure if if you're uh in mississippi maybe that doesn't matter to you but the other thing that is so infuriating to me and if you're a longtime listener of the show you know this is you know we have healthcare workers in this country who've been working 16 hours a day, seven days a week since the start of this pandemic, and just when it looked like they were finally going to get a break because of the vaccines, guess what? They're still working seven days a, a week, 16 hours a day. 
Uh, and there are, some of these people are just way past the breaking point. Some of these people are quitting uh, because they can't take it anymore. And who could blame them? Some of these people have to deal with death threats because you have these uh, right-wing conspiracy theorist freaks who think that people who work in the medical field are actually in on the conspiracy, like they're on the payroll of George Soros, or they're crisis actors and they're not really uh, tending to these people, or whatever uh, you know these uh, lunatics believe. Um, and it's, you know, you kind of want to just laugh at them, except you can't laugh at them because... Uh, they're going to end up killing all of us uh, by making sure that we all get sick and die ultimately. Um, but, uh, but I, I just, part of why I get so upset, you know, like, like my friend Mark from Texas who, you know, called the show a number of weeks ago is when people downplay the virus, refuse to take it seriously. It is a giant middle finger in the air to every single healthcare worker in this country who has had to be on the front lines of this, fighting this virus. So they're finally at the breaking point in Mississippi. Um, by the way, I just saw uh, our friend Gonzo pop into the uh, chat and says, you can grab milk? Pop in to get vaccinated, wait the 15 minutes, and then go look at the 50% clearance bin and self-checkout right at Hannaford and be done in a half hour. Yeah, if if your excuse is that it's not convenient enough, it's a pretty weak excuse, And as Gonzo is pointing out there. But that's not the reason most people won't do it. I'm convinced of it. Most people won't do it. The people who won't do it won't do it because they... Think that uh, you know they either they think it's all a hoax or they just think it's real, but it's not a big deal, or or it's purely ideology. You know, I mean, it's like it's like I heard uh, on on uh, Fox and Friends. I saw a clip of Fox and Friends. I don't actually watch the show. I'm not going to submit myself to that kind of torture. But Fox and Friends, I will give them this much credit. All three of the hosts of Fox and Friends uh, have been discussing uh, encouraging people to get vaccinated. That is the position that they've taken. Now, unfortunately, if you turn on Fox, uh, you're going to see a couple of the uh, wingnuts who are on in the evening, like Tucker Carlson, who is very much an anti-vaxxer, and also Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram, by the way, a breast cancer survivor, therefore considered immunocompromised, but she's also an anti-vaxxer. So they both, I mean, the attitudes that they project are, you're just a fool if you get vaccinated. Why would anyone want to get vaccinated? Um, that's their attitude about it. But on Fox and Friends, they're, they, all three of them have been very pro-vaccine, especially Steve Ducey of the three. I normally call him Steve Douchey, but because uh, I'm saying something nice about him, I'll use his real name. But anyway, yeah, Steve Ducey has been very, uh, very pro-vaccine. But I remember I saw this one clip. He was saying, you know, look, these these people need to be convinced because, you know, some of them are what is happening is, you know, they're on their deathbed, literally on their deathbed. Some of them are hooked up to ventilators. And once you're on a ventilator with COVID-19, uh, there's a good chance you're 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 done. It's inevitable. 
But Steve Ducey is saying, you know, some of these people, they're on their deathbed and they're saying, oh, I should have gotten the vaccine because they don't want to die. Um, so they have a lot of regret. But then I wonder, are some of these people actually kind of okay with it? And that might sound like a very odd thing to say. How could anyone be okay with being in a hospital and dying? But um, let me explain what I mean by that. I'm sure. I mean, it might be a, a it might be a very small piece of the pie here. It might be just a sliver of these of these people, percentage wise, probably probably a, a very small percentage. But I'm sure there are some of these people, some of these anti-vaxxers who. When they end up in the hospital and they know they're they're on their way out, don't get me wrong, I don't think they want to die. I don't think any of these people actually want to die. But I suspect there is a small percentage of these people who, while they might not actually want to die, they're probably kind of okay with it in a certain sense because they've convinced themselves that they're dying for a cause, you know? Because they believe that if they had gotten vaccinated, they would have been giving in to the communist regime that is the Biden administration or something, you know? You know, like, you know that old saying, better dead than red? <laughs> you know, they, they don't want to be, they, they don't want to be indoctrinated. They don't want to be, you know, they don't want a tracking device put into their bloodstream. They don't want to give in to the, those lefty commies who want people to get vaccinated. So... So they're dying for a cause. They're dying for for their country, for their for their patriotism. And and they probably believe that while it's unfortunate that they're dying, at least they'll be rewarded in heaven. Right? Because uh if you're if you're patriotic, that gets you in, right? I mean, everyone knows America's God's favorite anyway, right? So, um, so they have that to look forward to. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure most of these people don't want to die, but I think there's probably a certain percentage of them who just feel like, hey, I'm, um, this is the patriotic thing to do. I'm dying for my country because I'm not going to give in to the commies. Um, and, uh, and that's it. And, and I'm going to go to heaven and be with God because I was such a great patriot. So, uh, I'm good, you know? I'd be curious to know. I mean, obviously, we're never going to see any polling data on that. You know, how many people, uh, you know, in, in a ICU unit in uh, Mississippi or Alabama or Arkansas or, you know, uh, you know, how many of these people are actually OK with dying and how many of them are actually regretful that they didn't uh, get vaccinated. But, um, you know, but there's no there's no shortage of stories on the news about you know, people who, you know, they're in their deathbed and then they're like, well, can I get the vaccine now? And they have to be told, no, it's too late, dummy. <laughs> um, Dirk Don from Arrogant Media in the uh, in the uh, Facebook live chat says, jokes on you, doctor. I crave death. Well, that's not uh, that's not a good idea, uh, Dirk. But um, there's something uh, very permanent about it. Plus, we need you here. I like uh, subscribe to Dirk's uh, YouTube channel, Arrogant Media. He does uh, does great work. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just you know, 
even if you don't care about the health and well-being of other people, at least try to think about the healthcare workers who are trying to keep all of us from dying. Melanie in the chat room says, man, are they going to be mad when it's Thor guarding those gates and they realize they picked the wrong horse? <laughs> yeah. Um, Melanie also in the chat room points out, uh, Texas is a blank show too. I read someone was on a stretcher in an ambulance for five hours because there was no room in the ER. Yeah, see, that's how bad it is. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. These healthcare systems in the red states are collapsing. And uh, this could all be avoided. This could all be avoided. But no. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt. It's Gonzo. Hey, Gonzo. How are you? I'm good. I just wanted to, you know, elaborate on what you were saying. I think most people that are dying wish they went and gotten this taken care of when it when they weren't making a, uh, you know, a social or a political stance at the time. I mean, you look at like Chris Christie, like he was huge into the politics of it all. And then when he almost died, he, you know, that kind of changes things up for people, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah. And by the way, though, just to clarify, I agree with you. I think most of these people do have regret when they're, you know, on a ventilator or something. I'm just saying, though, I suspect that there is a small percentage of these people who who are kind of like, well, I guess this is my fate, and uh, I'm going to go to heaven uh, because I died for my country. They think they're dying for a political cause, for an ideology. In other words, they think they're martyrs. They think they're martyrs well, for their patriotism or for whatever. I would have to re almost respect them more than the people who wish they didn't because they, they're in it to win it, you know, I guess. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, there's honor in that, I suppose. But the thing is, do people understand that Trump got vaccinated? All their heroes are vaccinated because yep. they're not stupid. Yep. Like, everybody they look up to is vaccinated. There's not one spokesman out there, not one single actor. There's no hero out there that is leading the charge right now. There's not one name out there that's like, no, stick with it, guys. Stick with it. The reason why they're not getting it, I don't, I don't know if they even know that Trump got got vaccinated. Yeah. Or, and like, here's the thing though, Sununu even said this way, way, way back, a few months ago. These, this convenience of going to snoo, waiting in your car and having an army guy poke you in the arm and being out is going away. Like he said, it's all moving to the private practice. Yes. Like, the time is now, especially during this panic of the reinsert, like the the resurgence of this Delta thing. Mm -hmm. People are, I guarantee, people are reconsidering their stance right now. And if they do what I do, procrastinate, 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 in everything in life, they're gonna miss out on this. Like I'm glad my wife, you know, took me along and held my hand through the process because. Yeah. I would have done it, but I'm just glad she made me do it because yes. the, the procrastinator, the people who get one and didn't get the two, they're out there. You know, like those people, this is your chance to get this done now. Yes. 
because it won't be at Hannaford before you know it. You'll blink an eye, like just like that, it'll be gone. That's uh yeah, that's a that's a great point, Gonzo. It's it's never going to be as as in theory, it's never going to be as convenient as it is right now. And we're complacent about that too. Like we're like, I'll do it tomorrow, kind of ideology. You know, like I'll just it's there. I'll just I can go anytime. But then one day when you're like, shoot, I don't feel good. I'm, I'm gonna go get it. Like it's not gonna be there. And if demand well, picks up, and it'll be of course too, it won't be. And it'll be too late at that point anyway. You know that right. that moment where you go, uh oh, I don't feel so good. I think I have COVID. Well, you know, at that point it's too late. You got COVID. It's like every mobster says, I'm never going to rat until they're facing 25 years, and then they rat. <laughs> that's a great analogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like a, when, you yeah. Put, when you put up against it, you start to change your thinking. You know. But anyway, go get vaxxed, bro. Yeah. Not you. I'm talking bro as in us. Yes, absolutely. The collective bro. All right. All right, Gonzo. Great show, buddy. Okay, thank you. Great call. Live high football rules. Uh, huh? I didn't even understand what he said at the end. Um, But that is a great point that he raised, and I've been screaming about this forever. These people, you know, who they think they're so patriotic for not getting vaccinated, their messiah, Donald Trump, as Gonzo brought out, he's the one who takes credit, and I have no problem giving him credit for it. You know, I'm not a big fan of the guy, as you know, but he takes credit for the vaccines, for starting Operation Warp Speed, which I have no problem with. Fine. Give him credit for that. Great. He is the—it it was his idea to hear him tell it, right? Th- th- to have vaccines. Trump, their hero. But that's why I always say, too, Trump—and Mike Doyle even agreed with me on, on this on Monday. Trump needs to do more. He if Look, I'm telling you, I know this. I know this. If Trump did a major media PR blitz, if he went on every show that would have him, and who wouldn't have an ex-president on their show, right? Even the, the ones that hate him, of course they would have him on. If he went on every show that would have him, starting with Hannity on Fox, right, because that's his buddy, and said, look, I'm making the rounds. I just really want to implore people to get vaccinated COVID is still a problem. We need to get everybody vaccinated so we can finally defeat this. And I just I want to remind everybody while I'm here, I'm the one responsible because I started. He can take all the credit he wants. I don't care. I wouldn't if he did this one thing. I wouldn't care if he went on some show and claimed that he personally put on a lab coat and went and had the beakers out and was mixing stuff and figuring out how to formulate Pfizer or whatever. I wouldn't care. He can take all the credit he wants. But I'm telling you, I know this. This would fix it. If Trump went out and did that, you would have millions, millions of people in this country go, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, Trump says I should get vaccinated. I should probably get vaccinated if it's coming from Trump. I mean, look, the guy is the presumptive nominee in 2024 for the Republicans, right? I mean... I mean, you know, obviously he hasn't announced anything, of course, but, you know, we know he's going to run. He will be the nominee. He might be the president again. Oh, God. But I'm just saying it is possible. I'm telling you, 
If Trump did that, I think, honestly, if all Trump did was make an appearance on Hannity and say, I want everyone to get vaccinated, not not this thing he does where he just sort of mentions, oh, and by the way, I'm responsible for the vaccines because of Operation Warp Speed and, you know, uh, you should. Maybe you should get vaccinated, but, you know, hey, it's your choice, too. You know, you have freedom. I believe in freedom. No, no, no. Forget that. Tell people, please get vaccinated. I got vaccinated. I I being Trump in this case. I got vaccinated. Uh, Melania's vaccinated. Ivanka's vaccinated. You know, his whole family's vaccinated. We know this. They've acknowledged it. Sell it. Sell it. It's like I was saying the other day. If Trump has a strength, he knows how to sell. He is a salesman. He knows how to sell an idea. He knows how to sell a concept. When you look at his speech recently at CPAC, when he wants to sell you something, because there's a big difference, and Trump understands the difference between casually mentioning something and selling something. Trump wants you to believe the election was stolen from him, and he knows how to sell that idea. And how does he sell it? He harps on it. For 20 minutes in a speech, he'll harp on that idea. Then, when it comes to the part about the vaccines, he just mentions it. He, because he wants the credit. He wants the credit for anyone in that room who's going to give him credit. He mentions it, and then he moves on to the next thing. Trump knows the difference. If he stopped mentioning it and started actually selling it, millions, millions of Trump-loving people in this country would be getting vaccinated tomorrow. I know this for a fact. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? You know, Matt, you're really, really sexy when you're aggressive and angry. I've actually been told that by quite, you really are. quite a few. I mean, yeah. if, if I were your bitch, I would like lay down and, and say, okay, daddy, do whatever you want. You're the boss. Wow. Well, I had no idea, Paul. I, no I mean, idea. granted, you'd have you'd have to leave the politics outside the door, but yeah. Y- yes, yes. Well, and I'd have to be attracted to dudes. Well, that too. That's also a bonus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and same here. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of straight guys. That doesn't really work. But uh, what's right? Our- yes. So we don't really don't have a whole <laughs> lot going on with that theory. So forget about that. No. Um, listen, I was sold. You and Dan both knew every week going into the radio show. But I told you that I'm not vaccinated and I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm too worried about what could happen in the next few years to come with the side effects. And I don't want to be part of that crowd. But you know what? You sold me on it. You and Dan both sold me on it. Yes. Um, You weren't aggressive. You weren't being a dick about it. You were just letting me know that that's probably the best idea uh, to uh, to to do right now as far as what's going on with this uh, with this whole um, this whole pandemic, and uh, you know, I, I caved in and I did it. And you know why? Because you sold me, and not just that. It goes back to the mask thing. When I was contemplating after you guys sold me on it, I, I thought to myself, I thought, you know what? These masks, okay? These masks, do they work? Well, I guarantee you that they work because, you know, before the whole mask thing a year ago, I was averaging maybe two or three colds. Hold on a second. Yeah. Uh, I was averaging maybe two or three colds a 
year. Yeah. Uh, flu-like symptoms, but I I haven't had so much a year ago. Oh yeah. And uh, I totally attribute that to my to my wearing a mask. Yep. And uh, you know, into these these pussies who sit there and they say they have a breathing problem or a medical condition. I suffer from chronic asthma, mm-hmm. and I also have a problem with COPD. Yep. And I smoke a pack a day. Yep. And I still wear a mask. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Paul, it's almost as though they design face masks so that you're able to breathe through them. Right, yeah. Could you imagine that? They actually can um, let, let oxygen pass through them as you inhale and exhale. Yes, yes. Who knew? And, you know, when you're going to the hardware store or the grocery store, it's not like you're going in there to hop on a treadmill or, or to bench press the <laughs> cashier. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Exactly. So that's just, that, that's just an excuse for these little douches who walk around saying that they can't wear a mask because they have a medical issue. I know. Yeah. It, no, it drives me insane. I mean, I, I have asthma. I have no problem putting on a face mask. I, I can put on two face masks and still breathe the, uh, just fine. Yeah. Sorry, I can't wear a mask. I'm mentally unstable. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's it's pathetic. It really is pathetic, the excuses people come up with. It really is. So, yeah. And I got to tell you uh, something else, too. As a person who was damn straight about not getting a, any vaccination, I was, I, was, I was adamant about it. And then I was sold on it and reluctantly went in. And by the way, Gonzo was right. I did that at Hannaford. I walked in, no appointment. I said, I'm here for a shot. They said, okay, go to the back room right over there. They gave me a shot. And uh, that was it. I was on my way. I went back a month later for another one. That was it. And it, it's quick, easy, free. <laughs> And after I did it and they handed me my card, I felt like a U.S. citizen. <laughs> I felt like an American there you being go. handed that card. There you go. Yes. You feel like more of an American now. That's right. It's the patriotic Not, not only am I probably not going to die because I took it, but I am not going to kill other people yes. because I took it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well said. Well said. Paul, we're about out of time. You want to give uh, Retro Spectrum Radio a plug uh, quickly? Yes, yes. Join us Friday night at 7.30 p.m. when Matt and I and our good friend Dan on the couch are going to be featuring summertime music. Come on in and join the fun. Summertime and the living is easy. All right, Paul. Thank you so much for the call, my friend. All right, brother. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That's Paul E.C. from Retro Spectrum Radio with Paul E.C. I always look... uh, Always look forward to Friday nights. Uh, speaking of shows, don't forget, uh, coming up in just a few minutes uh, at 6 p.m., I will be making my monthly appearance on The Dr. Kevin Show. Uh, if you go to omtimes.com slash IOM, that's om, O-M as an om, O-M times dot com slash IOM. You can hear that. We will be uh, having our monthly political discussion on that program. And if you missed any part of today's show, it'll be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at MattConnerton.com. Thank you all so much. Lots of great calls today. Lots of great comments in the Facebook live chat. Love you all. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, and I've probably chased away uh, any anti-vaxxer listeners I might have had at one time. But if you haven't been vaccinated yet, please do it. Just please do it. All right. That's it. We're out. Talk to y'all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. When Big Mobile charges you an arm and a leg, they're taking your money and your power. 
and your arm and leg. Boost Mobile gives your power back with an unlimited plan for $25 a month on one of America's largest 5G networks. We can't give you back your arm and your leg because we're not qualified surgeons. Unless you're an iguana who can grow limbs back. Switch to Boost and get an unlimited plan for $25 a month. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. New customers only. One line, $25 per month with auto pay. Additional restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com for details.